0: I know this neighborhood. I got beat up in that alley.
1: you have something against running away?
0: If you start running, they'll never let you stop. Our goal is to create a new breed of super soldier.
2: Are you ready? Is it too late to go to the bathroom?
3: How do you feel? It's taller.
0: For Mr. Stark? I had some ideas about the uniform.
4: Your enemy, he thinks he's a god, and he's willing to blow up half the world. I'm going after him.
0: What made to you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Captain America. What do
1: you think? I think it works.
0: Rated PG-13. July 20-
5: Yeah, that's one of the TV spots to Captain America, and you are tuning into Treks in Sci-Fi. I am Rico, your host, and this is podcast 341 for July 24th, 2011. Captain America is just one of the things we're going to be talking about on today's show. I saw it yesterday, loved it. I'll be talking about that. got a review from a listener to talk about it as well, some other listener comments. But the main topic for this week will be a DS9 episode from Season 1. I thought it would be fun to go back to the early days of Deep Space Nine and do an episode from the first season called If Wishes Were Horses, which is a fun episode and definitely one I've... uh, I've enjoyed over the years and wanted to cover so that will be coming up uh just going to do a commentary on that as I play it like I have been doing uh, and um, talk about a few other comments uh, big weekend in uh for us geeks and nerds uh, uh comic con is going on out in San Diego so we'll probably touch on that a little bit too lots of Lots of new stuff to talk about and coming information and videos and, and pictures coming out of Comic Con. So I'm sure we'll we'll be touching on some of those subjects and more here on Treks in Sci Fi. in
0: Sci Fi.
2: weekly dose of G-dose. with host,
1: Set a course for Earth.
2: Maximum warp. I'm Captain Kirk. At ease before you spray in something. All fish, black and geek,
6: re-highted movies,
7: TV shows, public books and horror.
6: This
8: mission would have failed without
4: your help. the Cardassians yet, not with the strategic
2: importance of that world. And you host Rico
5: Busty, All right, welcome to the podcast again, everyone. This is Rico, and I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I'm trying something a little different. I decided to turn on my little pad, official Star Trek app on my iPad here, and, and maybe play some little uh, sound effects and... and uh, whatever in the background, although I find it a little distracting, so I might shut it off at some point. But anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. Hope everybody's doing uh, great. And actually, this thing is already distracting. It's going off. Too bad. Yeah. Let me, let me tap a few buttons for you guys and see, you know. We'll do a few... Uh Yeah, it's fun to play with, isn't it? Yeah, if you guys have gotten an, um, an iPad, I guess you think you can get it for not just the iPad, maybe for the iPhone, too. Uh, I'm actually not sure about that. If you do, it probably looks a little bit compacted on an, on an iPhone, I would think. But it's a fun little app. You get a lot of Star Trek information on there. CBS put it out a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember if I talked about that on the last podcast. That wasn't the Skype call uh, last week. We did that, and and then two weeks ago. So it may not have mentioned this yet. But anyway, it's fun. Uh, it's four ninety nine, I believe, in the App Store. So uh, check that out. Uh, It's basically an interface that looks like the LaCars interface on uh, TNG and other Trek shows, along with uh, Star Trek facts, information pictures, sort of a little encyclopedia in there, and and a few other little features that are kind of fun to play with. So uh, for a Trek fan who's got an iPad especially, it's it's a great great thing to have, a lot of fun to play with. And uh, I hope they add to it. I hope they expand it over time or... Put additions. I don't know if they would charge or if they would just add uh, other stuff. One one thing I wish that you'd be able to do is, you know, when you look up an entry, like on a particular ship or character, that you could expand the image of that uh, character ship to the whole screen. That's one thing that seems like a natural thing for them to be able to have and do in there, but they don't have it. Of course, they would have have to have uh, you know included larger resolution pictures for that, I guess. So anyway. It's a cool thing, great uh, great fun on the iPad. Let's get going. I've got a lot to cover, really, this week. It always happens this way when I do kind of a special show like a Skype call last week, and that was fun, but the, the news and information becomes, you know, now I've got two weeks of things to cover. I'm not going to try to cover and backtrack too much, but I want to hit on a few little things. Uh, the, uh, the news and stuff coming out of Comic-Con is pretty cool. Uh, lots of stuff going on out there. Uh, We have seen some new movie trailers just in the last week or so, uh, especially for The Amazing Spider-Man that's coming out next summer. We've got a little teaser for The Dark Knight. Uh, What else? Uh, Oh, The Avengers. Uh, When I saw Captain America yesterday, make sure if you go see it to stay through the very end of the credits to the bitter end, and you will get a a little treat and a little uh, clip uh, it's only maybe about a minute and a half. Uh, there's actually sort of a, a camera view one of somebody who snuck in a theater and took their video, uh, took some video with their camera of a, you know, maybe a cell phone, but it, there's stuff floating around on YouTube if you want to see it. And, uh, it looks pretty cool. You don't get a whole lot of the movie, of course, just little flashes of some things, but. And uh, it's a a fun little preview, great little thing to throw on the end of Captain America to really set, you know, the stage for next year's Avengers movie that's being worked on and directed by Joss Whedon, of course, of Firefly and Serenity fame. And and, uh, just, you know, Joss is a a comic book fan. He loves comics. He's written comics. So I, I have high hopes for him being able to work, you know, with a lot of different characters. And the Avengers is... You know it's hard to pull off in comic book form, let alone on the big screen. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And they've got some heavy hitters on this team. You know, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, and uh, it's you know there's we're going to see Hawkeye for uh, for basically pretty much the first time. He had a little cameo in the Thor movie, but and Wasp will be there. Uh, there's a couple of other main characters that that uh, are involved in the. Uh, Avengers Comics, uh, Maria Hill, uh, who's played by Colby, I think that's how you say her name, Col- Colby Smolder, Smolders or something. She's on that show, How You Met Your Mother or How I Met Your Mother. Uh, she's the dark-haired one on there, and uh, she's done a few other shows, uh, and uh, it, she did this series that was kind of fun that only lasted like six or seven episodes, <laughs> Veritas, about probably five. Six years ago, maybe 2006-ish or five, something like that. Maybe a little later than that. Anyway, uh, she's going to be in that movie, and it's uh, it's next, uh, I think it comes out in early May of 2012. So that's uh, got, uh, we've got that going. Uh, let's go on. I'm going to not take too many breaks. I'm just going to kind of crash through some stories here that I'm reading on the web and, and little things about uh, what's been going on in the world in the last couple of weeks and geek news and stuff uh you know related to Trek the biggest thing I guess a couple things going on still nothing really new uh being mentioned about the movie Robert Orsi one of the writers uh has had a couple of uh discussions and interviews online they they're talking about perhaps showing different sections and new places aboard the Enterprise maybe some design changes you know but it's it's pretty vague. There's not a whole lot going on. Of course, they're going to show some new stuff they didn't really show in the first movie. Are we not, are, you know, are we surprised by that? I'm like, you know, these guys seem like they're really reaching. They can't tell us anything because they, they still don't have a script. And, uh, you know, they're coming up with all this junk about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of feel for them a little bit. But it's like, you know what? Just just go off in a little room somewhere and write the, write the darn story and, and let's get, get going on this thing, okay? I'm I'm tired of just kind of. I guess I'm getting a little frustrated, probably coming out in my in my tone. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm tired of like these these little interviews they have with these guys that don't tell us. It, it, it's it's they're almost like politicians. You know, they're talking a lot, but they're not saying much. So uh, we'll see. And I'm sure we'll get more. What, what, what one thing kind of that bothered me about all this is that a, a good probably now maybe almost a month ago when right after super eight came out j.j abrams and a couple of the other guys working on it were all like oh we're going to have a big announcement soon about that and most people assumed that they were going to officially announce when when they were going to shift the the release date for the trek movie too and they were going to maybe give us a little maybe a little bit of other info on perhaps some of the characters or who knows some of the bad guys that might be involved anything but they had this they kept saying we're going to have a big announcement nothing's happened they haven't had a big announcement that i know of so um that's kind of disappointing. You know, don't say something like that and then just don't, you know, I suppose they didn't put a time frame on when that would be. But it's been a month now when they said they were going to do that. So I I don't know. They don't say you're going to announce something and then, uh, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to announce something and it's six months later. I mean, I don't know. All right. Let's move on. Uh one thing you, uh, you might want to check out, and I was just reading a review of it over at trekmovie.com. This is that new sort of documentary slash movie, whatever, that William Shatner has uh, created, uh, along with, I'm sure, a lot of help, called The Captains. This is—the uh, the basic premise of this is that uh, William Shatner goes off and interviews all the different actors that have played captains on the various Trek series, you know, from Patrick Stewart You know, to um, Avery Brooks and and Kate Mulgrew and Scott Bakula and even Chris Pine from the movie. And uh, it's an interesting review, and uh, I'm kind of glad that I read it. You know, it gives me an idea of what to expect when I watch this thing finally. Uh, It's about an hour. They're saying an hour and 40 minutes, something like that. And they go over a lot of different ground. They say it's a bit of an ego trip. Uh, for for William Shatner to a degree and uh, I've seen all of these actors at various places actually probably not Chris Pine I haven't seen him uh, at a convention but I've seen all of them at different times at different conventions so it sounds like some of their their personality and the kind of uh, actors and 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 people they are come through in this pretty well uh, from the explanations and and the review I'm reading here um there is uh, a you can see this over at Epics online you go to uh, www.epicsepixhd.com and forward slash free trial dash Shatner Palooza. If you don't remember all that, I'll try to put a link in the podcast notes. You can get a free trial, though, for a two week thing and watch it online. I've got uh, a little bit of a clip here between William Shatner and Patrick Stewart. It's about a minute long, and I will uh, try to play this for you to give you guys a little bit of a taste of what this is all about. So stand by.
9: If it were all to end
4: this evening. Everything. I would be largely known for my work on Star Trek. I would be Captain Picard. Not
10: Macbeth, not King
4: Lear, not Shakespeare, not any things. but Captain Picard. And I am absolutely fine with that. Wow. Fine. In this instant for you to have said that, here's the gift you've given me. I've made this long journey from Los Angeles to London to talk to you and the gift I've got is my realization that I too would feel the same way if they say that was Captain Kirk all of a sudden I've suddenly had a release to say I'm happy with that, why not? Great character Long live. 45 years later, people are still talking about Kevin. Who does that? Unprecedented. Unprecedented. So, what if they say, beat me up, Scott? Yeah, yeah. If I could, I would, it should be my answer. Yeah.
5: <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh William Shatner talking to uh, Patrick Stewart. I guess it's at, at Patrick's home, I think, uh, in uh, the UK. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it is. Anyway. It sounds like they did a pretty good job with this. It's got some, you know, things even longtime trekkies like myself uh, will learn. They say in this uh, these interviews. So I'm looking forward to watching it. I'll have to. Uh, find a little time here soon and, and sit down and watch the captains from uh, William Shatner. So that should be a lot of fun. And uh, really, uh, you know, it's nice to document all that because, un- unfortunately, you know, these guys aren't going to be around forever when you think about it. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's good to get this all down. And, uh, you know, Shatner is, I think, a good uh, person to do something like that, good interviewer. And I think he has – it's more not really even interview, it's more of – you know, it's, it's like a conversation between these guys, you know, it's not really so much like, Hey, tell me about what you've been doing or, you know, or, or what, what's your, um, you know, what do you think about your career? And, you know, it's more of like them both having kind of a back and forth conversation. So uh, I like that kind of style of things. I think that's a much better way to interview and talk to people than, you know, badgering them kind of with, with questions and stuff. So, Uh, One last little Trek tidbit here. I'm kind of scanning through some of the headlines that have been going on. Uh, Star Trek streaming, which has been on uh, Netflix now for a little bit of time, not that long, just started in July. They've got most of the stuff up there except for, I guess, Deep Space Nine is the primary one still missing. But Amazon, Amazon is going to also, uh, to their Amazon Prime customers, I don't know if there's another way to get it too. But they also are getting the full Star Trek catalog of episodes from the, all the TV shows. Uh, also, uh, also for available for streaming on Amazon uh, sometime soon. They don't say a date here that I can see, but it will be available there on Amazon very soon. And I think it's kind of interesting since uh, Netflix is soon to be at, uh, increasing their prices. They split off, you know, the streaming uh, from the DVD uh, rental side of things. And they now Amazon is kind of like going, hey, maybe this is our opportunity to uh, take over a little of their business. So we'll see how that all works out. Uh, I'm pretty interested to see how that goes. Oh, and I've started to try to play a little bit more of Star Trek Online. Not a lot yet so far, but I'm still finding the same kind of problems that I had the, the first time with the game a little bit. One of the things I'm noticing even more this time that's kind of annoying to me in Star Trek, online is the load times from different things that you do in the game. It's it, it takes a while, and I have a pretty good internet connection. But if you go from one mission to another, or go from one planet to another, or you warp to a system, or you go to a star base, all those little changes in, in locale uh, cause the game to need to load for sometimes up to like You know, 30, 45, 50 seconds. And I know that maybe not sounds that much, but we're talking about maybe you do a little mission for 5 or 10 minutes and then you've got to wait again to do something, you know, when they load into a new area. So that is a bit frustrating to me. You know, World of Warcraft, I can go out to a zone, do a whole bunch for maybe even a couple of hours and not have to zone around like that so much. So that's a bit of a bother. And I still find the game kind of... uh, it's just not as polished and as smooth as something like World of Warcraft. And granted, it hasn't been out as long, but I don't know. There's just something to me about the game that just doesn't feel all that much fun, and it doesn't feel super Star Trek-like to me. But I I have a couple more weeks of my month that I renewed it for to try it out some more, and I'll try to report back on the show about it. Uh, I'm going to take a short break here, but during this time, and I'm going to come back with my comments on it, but I I, I loved Captain America, and I'm going to play Will uh, from our forum. Will Eagle, he has some comments about the movie that he recently saw, Captain America as well. So I'm going to play this, and I'll be right back.
11: Hello, everybody. This is Will, and I wanted to give you a review of Captain America, the first Avenger. Released by Paramount and produced by Marvel Studios, Captain America stars... Chris Evans as Steve Rogers Captain America, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Sebastian Stan as James Bucky Barnes, Tommy Lee Jones as Colonel Chester Phillips, and Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull. This is directed by Joe Johnson and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Based on the comic series created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, this $140 million dollar film is great from start to finish. Chris Evans does a fantastic job as Captain America, and is very believable as a superhero who just so happens to be fighting for his country during World War II. Tommy Lee Jones is also very good in this film, and you will enjoy Hallie Atwell as Agent Peggy Carter and as someone important throughout the film. She looks perfect as a military woman officer of World War II, and of course is very pretty. The special effects are very well done and I thought along with the great fighting scenes you almost want to get up and cheer for Captain America in the red, white, and blue. And when he whacked someone with his shield, that sound effect was awesome. It literally gave me goosebumps a few times. I actually got goosebumps and wanted to jump up and yell, Go Cap! quite a few times during the movie. But the wife would have killed me if I did that. This movie is worth every cent you spend to go see it. And this is the first summer movie this year that I would like to go see again. I give this movie a 10+++. And an awesome with capital letters. And by gosh, do not leave that theater till after the credits. Stay, stay, stay. And check out the new series Marvel just started this past Wednesday with an all-new Captain America number one. I posted a pic on the forum if you want to check it out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Rico, for what you do on the podcast, and enjoy the movies, everybody.
5: Thanks very much, Will, for your review of, uh, yeah, the great movie Captain America. I also saw it uh, just yesterday with my friend Mark, and uh, it was a really uh, full house of people. You know, we got there pretty early, but by the end of it, there were people sitting on both sides of us. We were kind of about in the center of the theater, and uh, we, you know, we go to this movie theater fairly often, and they've... I, we, you know, like Lynn and I went last week to see Harry Potter, and that theater filled up too, but this one seemed to be filled up even more. And I, I think, uh, I'm not sure why. It was kind of a warm day here. Maybe people wanted to get out of the heat, and we went yesterday afternoon. But anyway, this is a great movie. Like you said, Will, it's, I can't say enough, uh, really about how great I, I thought they did, uh, of a job of it. Chris Evans, especially, I think. Uh, a lot of it, to me, is owed to him. He really does a great job and pulls off this character uh, I, just perfectly, in my opinion. I mean, I've I've read Captain America comics over the years, off and on. Uh, I think uh, it's he's a tricky character in some ways in some ways a little easy uh, mean not easy but I, I just think that Chris Evans they start out with uh, you know of course and this you see this all in the trailers he's you know skinny Steve before he gets the super soldier serum and you know you get to learn about the kind of guy he is and the kind of character he is before all of the you know before he's uh, transformed and everything and and they make a big point in the movie and I think it's so important to say, You know that that he is, um, he still is. He's he's picked because of the kind of guy and the kind, not the kind of guy, but the kind of uh, man he is, the kind of character he is, to uh for this um, this experimental procedure, because you know he has heart, he has he has character, he has integrity, uh, and he knows, uh, you know what uh, what it's like to be feeling like the little guy. And you know the scientist. There's a really good scene in the movie, and I'm not, again, not going to give spoil anything. But one of the scientist guys kind of has a little talk with Steve, uh, with Steve Rogers, the kind of the night before the procedure. And it, it's, it's, to me, it's one of the really cool and good scenes in the movie. I really like that part, and I, I think that shows us a lot about what this, uh, this, you know, the character and the actor can do. And oh, they, you, you see it again in the previews. They do an amazing job of making him, you know, this skinny little guy. It's it's just pretty pretty much you you believe it. I mean, there it's flawless to me uh, in terms of the effects and the way they make him look, you know, like this you know ninety pound four F candidate for uh, the army uh, to go to you know big big super soldier Steve Rogers uh, Captain America type of uh, person. So, and Hugo Weaving was great as a villain. It's just a, it's just just a great movie and it isn't just, you know, like Transformers where it's just this action-packed popcorn summer adventure kind of a film. There's there's a lot uh, like I said, a lot of character, a lot of heart in this movie and I, I just can't say again enough I, I love it i give it you know the the max rating whatever my rating scale is i i'd like to see it again too sometime it, it's just a lot of fun and i, I think uh it i heard somewhere that Chris Evans has signed up for like six movies, three Captain America movies maybe, and three Avengers movies. So, uh, And I think this movie is going to just do great at the box office. The audience seemed to really love it. Uh, And like you said, Will, stay definitely through the credits. You get that uh, preview for the Avengers at at the end. So um, it's very much uh, worth staying for. So anyway, enough about that. Captain America, fantastic, great movie. Go see it in the theaters. Don't wait. Don't wait for this one, folks. Spend the a few bucks, go see it in the movie theater. You won't be disappointed. Uh, just seeing Cap throw that shield around is is worth to me the money to begin with. So, and the sounds and stuff that it makes uh, are, are are great. So anyway, uh, oh the cast, the other cast. I wanted to, I did want to say a couple things. Yeah, the other cast members, they really did a good job of making and hiring actors and stuff that looked like between the costuming and the makeup and all that fit the time period. You know, this is. Uh, and especially Haley Atwell is that her I say the actress's name uh, she was great she was fantastic and I haven't seen her in much so I, I love seeing a new actor or actress in something and, and who does a really good job and she does a really good job in this movie too so uh, again Probably could go on the rest of the podcast about how great Captain America was. But we've got other things to cover, including uh, a little comment here from Meds about uh, related to comic books. DC's comic book, uh, big changes ahead for DC in about a month or so, and I'll let Meds tell you more.
9: Hi Rico, this is uh, Meds from uh, The Forums, of course, and Waffle On Podcast and Martian Creative. And uh, I just wanted to send in a comment about uh, some new comics coming from DC. Uh, I've just had my delivery come through, my monthly one, and I've got a free preview comic, and it's called DC Comics The New 52. And I'll read uh, what the inner sleeve says, the inner page. It says, welcome to the new 52. This September, DC Comics explodes with 52 new number one issues. The entire line of comic books is being renumbered with new, innovative storylines featuring our most iconic characters, helmed by some of the most creative minds in the industry. Not only will this initiative be compelling for existing readers, it will give new readers a precise entry point into our universe. I'm looking on the back cover of this preview thing. It's got the list of all that's coming out. So I thought I'd read them out and maybe there's uh, something there of interest to the listeners. Uh, on August, one these are all number ones. So these are all the ones you can start off with, which is what I'll probably do. <clears throat> I'm not going to get every single one of them but uh, I'm going to pick out the ones that I quite like and if I like the comic I'll carry on collecting them. So on sale on August the 31st is Justice League number 1 and then on sale September the 7th are the following action comics, Animal Man, Batgirl, Batwing, Detective Comics, Green Arrow, Hawk and Dove, Justice League Intl. Men of War, OMAC, Static Shock, Stormwatch, and Swamp Thing. Then, on September the 14th, we have Batman and Robin, Batwoman, Deathstroke, Demon Knights, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, Green Lantern, Grifter, Legion Lost, Mr. Terrific, Red Lanterns, Resurrection Man, Suicide Squad, and Superboy. And then the week after, on September the 21st, we have Batman, Birds of Prey, Blue Beetle, Captain Atom, Catwoman, DC Universe Presents, Green Lantern, Corpse, Legion of Superheroes, Nightwing, Red Hood, and the Outlaws, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman. And finally, on September the 28th, we have All Star Western, Aquaman, Batman: The Dark Knight, Black Hawks, The Flash, The Fury of Firestorm. Green Lantern, New Guardians, I, Vampire, Justice League Dark, The Savage Hawkman, and Superman, Teen Titans, and finally, Voodoo. So these look uh, fantastic, and what a great way to start off um, your collection if you're new to comics, or fancy getting into a series, because... I know it's like sometimes we get in there and you, you, know, the comic says number 437 and you think, well, you're never going to get all of them, are you? Uh, but starting at number one, it's always, it's always a winner. So I think I'm going to go and grab a, a couple of these number ones and uh, look forward to um, to reading them because, uh, you know, the comics are brilliant and DC have really come out with some great stuff of late. Anyway, uh, that's my little, uh, little news from the comic section and uh, look forward to hearing the podcast. Take care.
5: Well, thanks, Mets, for that uh, breakdown. I've got that little issue that you were talking about. I think in reading from two of the of DC's fifty-two, uh, you know, new comics and changes to the, they're doing to their whole lineup here in another month, uh, month and a half at the end of is it the end of August or early September? I think you said it was. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a big gamble really on their part, and I, I kind of have to hand it to them. I'm, I'm not. A huge DC reader of comics. I, I probably Batman is about what I've mostly read. I've read Superman sometimes over the years too. Never really got into Flash. I've read a little Green Lantern, so that's another one I guess I've read. Le- read some of the other Bat titles like Batgirl and 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 uh, Batman and Robin. I like that current uh, comic that's out. Uh, but i'm not a, a huge reader of of dc but maybe this time now I'll, I'll pick up something like flash or something that i've not read before and and jump on and see what i think of it uh, i'm have always been a little bit more of a marvel comic book reader uh things like x-men and spider-man and stuff like that that i've read a lot of over the years so uh it's uh it's 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 a good idea i think i, I i'm you know i'm a bit surprised they're doing it for their whole comic book online that that's a lot of uh, it's a big undertaking a big way uh, a big uh, you know job to revamp everything you know whole new um, you know stories and costumes and and, and just the the just everything and it's it kind of makes sense though i was talking to somebody in a comic book store actually that i went to yesterday about it a little bit and and, you know when you think about it some of these characters have been around for like 60 70 years they all are about 25 30 years old still (laughs) so maybe it is time that we brought them up to the modern era and and even though they they have sort of brought them up to the modern era anyway you know they'll have uh, 100 issues of comics or more and you know. uh, two weeks go by in the real world or something like that. So uh, anyway, we'll see how this all works out. Uh, thanks, Mets, for that uh, rundown of what's coming up from DC Comics. And uh, I'm going to just, uh, just take a, a pause here of the recording, not really a full break, but we're going to get starting on playing the Deep Space Nine episode, If Wishes Were Horses, and I'll talk to you uh, during that episode. So uh, let's get that rolling here. All right, here we go with uh, this DS9 episode from Season 1. If Can't wishes were horses. Let go.
6: Let go. The place is almost deserted. There hasn't been a ship in for three days, and yet you sit there like a, a bonarium hawk looking for prey. This is your chance to relax. I could set you up with a terrific Holosuite program. Thank you, but I don't accept gifts from the likes of you. Who said anything about gifts? You pay like everyone else. I'm just trying to get you into the tent.
2: I have no time for fantasies. Uh, No imagination, huh? Waste of time. Too many people dream of places they'll never go, wish for things they'll never have, instead of paying adequate attention to their real lives. I could create a shapeshifter playmate for you. (laughs) A two of you could
6: uh, intermingle.
2: (laughs) You're disgusting. (laughs) It's a living. You're not allowing young Mr. Sisko in your hollow suites, I hope. It's not what you think. It better not be.
6: You see that thing on his hand? It's a baseball mitten. Every afternoon, the boy goes up to play. His father brought a program with famous players. You ever hear of uh, Tris Speaker or uh, Ted Williams? Or Buckle Kai? Afraid not. <laughs> Neither did I until I made it my business to find out. With all these humans coming now,
5: well, the humans
6: knows how to
5: yeah Cisco of course being a big baseball yeah. fan uh go uh, ahead. this this figures into no this episode uh, a little bit
6: you don't need one to detect the scent of opportunity
2: opportunity family
6: entertainment that's the future order there's a fortune to be made. Yeah, it's called the Xbox, around, PlayStation, games, Nintendo. Yeah, we've spend already got a court
2: ...doorway selling useless souvenirs. You're going to replace all your sexual hollow programs with family entertainment. Oh, no, no. No,
6: I- I'm expanding. I'm negotiating to lease the space next door so I can use the same holo generators. Now you're still disgusting. Till the day I die.
1: I'm sure you're exaggerating.
2: You are constantly in my thoughts.
1: I can't even- That was two Ractogenos,
11: extra strong. I can't even concentrate.
1: You seem to be concentrating just fine on the junior lieutenant at the reception for Captain Stadius. She was a poor substitute for you. And the Betazoid envoy who was here last week
5: Ah, oh, Julian. A so green and naive at this point. Adequate substitute. For and still, of course, infatuated with Dax, Julian, too.
1: You are a wonderful friend. Oh. I enjoy the time we spend together. Stop. You're driving
5: us. Let's stake just be friends, hand. Julian. Yes. Let's just be friends.
1: Try a high-pitched sonic shower. Make you feel better.
4: No, it won't. I've already tried it.
5: And now we're back up on Ops. Sorry, I'm late.
1: Uh, I was having dinner with Julian.
4: How is our young doctor?
1: Young. Anything going on? We were just looking at an unusual energy reading. Elevated thorn emissions in the plasma field.
4: We thought it might be an environmental byproduct created by the increased traffic in this area.
1: It could be. Ships have always avoided the Denorius belt, and we have no idea how the presence of so many warp and impulse engines might affect it. The question is is this going to cause us any problems? We were hoping you could tell
3: us.
5: Yeah, science officer, come on. Yeah, that's um, and the messenger from maybe the Queen you should, what you should uh, be working on.
0: danced and sang and laughed. How he would soon have the daughter he always wanted because they would never guess that his name was... Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin, right. And the next day...
5: Yeah, Miles is reading to his daughter uh, now, from his Mrs. iPad. Quine, what is my name? It's got a book rate right on it. Said, it. Looks like first, a Kindle or an iPad. Uh, Ridiculous. These guys need to pay called, Star Trek some money. Uh, Jack?
0: No, he answered. Uh, uh, are you called Harry? No, he answered. And then she said... Then perhaps your name is...
7: Rumpelstiltskin!
0: Rumpelstiltskin! (laughs) And at the sound of his own name, the old man was so furious that he stamped his foot, shaking the entire kingdom. And he broke in two and disappeared. And the king and the queen and their daughter lived happily ever after. Good night, little one. Sweet dreams.
3: I'm not tired. Ah, ah, ah. None of that. Good night, sweetheart.
5: Yeah. Kids. Never get tired, you know, when you want them to be. And tired when you don't want them to be.
0: Now then, shall I tuck you in with a bedtime story,
3: too? Hmm. Only if you're tucked in with me. Oh, naturally. What is
2: it, honey? He's in my room. Who?
5: Rumpelstiltskin. It's pretty good for that little girl to actually Sweetheart. say that word pretty well. Rumpelstiltskin. I not
0: believe. Rumpelstiltskin isn't real, okay?
5: Uh, well, maybe. It. Then it's
0: bedtime. Why do we tell our stories about evil dwarfs that want to steal
3: children? Well, don't look so distraught. I'm only here to offer you my services, if you should need them.
5: So, of course, there is someone sitting in Molly's room there that looks a lot like Stillskin. And the um, couple things here will, as I usually do, dial down the intro... This episode from Deep Space Nine was episode sixteen in the series, you know, from season one, so not very far into it. First aired on May sixteenth, nineteen ninety-three. This episode, the teleplay was by, let's see here, Neil Crawford, William Crawford, and Michael Pillar. Story by Neil Crawford and William Crawford. Directed by Robert Legato. Blah Legato did a he did a fair number of Deep Space Nine direction or directed episodes. They were first at one point. Uh, they were going to use not a Rumble Stillskin as this uh, this little uh, playmate, shape shifting alien here that pops up. Uh, they uh, not really shape shifting, sorry, but you'll learn more about that soon if you don't know this one. Uh, they were going to use a not Rumble Stillskin, but they were going to use a leprechaun, and I guess Cole Meany uh, took kind of offense to that, you know, because he thought it was a little, uh, you know, eh, it was a little too too much on the, you know, side of things that, you know, because he's supposed to be an Irishman and they didn't think, you know, he kind of didn't think that was good to really do that. He said it was kind of offensive, kind of a stereotype against Irish people and kind of a caricature a little bit. So anyway, they went with uh, using uh, more of a classic fairy tale uh, character. They used Rumpelstiltskin in place of the idea of a leprechaun here, which, you know, pretty much works the same way. Uh, They just needed someone to kind of carry through the story, someone that's sort of from the realm of fantasy and and people's imaginations, and uh, Stillskin works probably just as well as a leprechaun would. So let's get back into uh, the first story, the first act of this one.
0: Take her out of here. What's wrong?
3: Miles, What? Please, just go. A pity you're sending the ladies away. It's as if all the life just went out of the room. O'Brien well, to
0: security. Go ahead. Intruder alert. Send a team to my quarters immediately.
5: This guy playing Stilskin in the episode is named Michael. Uh, Michael John Anderson is his name.
3: So where's the straw? I assume you want gold spun from straw. What are you? Well, surely you must know. You were just telling the little one all about me. I know what you look like. But you're not... Ah, don't say it. I don't like the sound of it, you know. Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) Now, you didn't think that would make me break in two and disappear, did you? Not this time. I learned my lesson back in the kingdom. I don't make deals like that anymore. Ah, the local constabularies. Gents, show me a small bit of courtesy and I'll be very pleasant. But try and lay a hand on me and you'll soon regret it. Besides, I'm much too fast for you. And now, my good host. Yeah, he seems to be able to almost your vanish pressure, and reappear tell me your needs.
5: other I'll ways. My the security price. guys kind of try to grab him. But... Brian just go. Go ahead,
3: Chief.
0: I need you in my quarters on the double.
4: I'm on my way.
3: Dad, I've got
4: to talk to you. Now, Jake, I don't have time. <clears throat> I'm...
3: Hello, Ben. He followed me home from the house week.
5: There's a guy here in a, uh, a baseball uniform, an Asian guy that uh, looks uh, like someone that they know and recognize. Uh, he's a baseball player from the past, Buck Bowtie Bowkai, sorry, not Bowtie Bokai. <laughs> and now we're uh, focusing in on Julian, who's kind of sleeping but now there's somebody kind of stroking his hair and he's waking up
2: Hello Julian uh, What are you doing here? Watching you, uh,
1: waiting for you to wake up I'm awake <laughs> uh, Is something wrong? Uh,
2: funny, I was about to ask you the same question it, it,
11: it must be this Larosian virus that's been going around. How do you feel? Oh, uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm, um, mm, no, no fever. <laughs> um, it must be me. must be me. must be me.
2: Uh, uh, must
5: be <laughs> a this is what you always wanted, isn't it, Julian? Being- Come on.
2: Antipasto I had at lunch. Ah, uh, oh, perhaps. Oh, I must be hallucinating. Why are you fighting this?
11: Why am I fighting this? Why?
2: Am I fighting this?
11: Oh, I have no
2: good answer to that question.
5: So the sort of uh, pan I'll away from them. Senior
1: officers report to ops immediately.
2: Okay, I get it.
11: Very funny. Did O'Brien put you up to this?
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
11: Senior officers to ops. We all walk in. Everybody has a good laugh at my expense.
9: This is not a joke,
4: Julian. We'll see. Ah, good. It seems we have a small mystery on our hands. Lieutenant Jadzia Dax and Dr. Julian Bashir, I'd like you to meet Harmon Bokai, a baseball player from the London Kings who's been dead for 200 years. Don't look at me. I can't figure it out either. And a medieval fairy tale character named Rumplestiltskin. Stilskin. Oh, fine. Now everyone knows my name. Until today, he only existed in storybooks. Uh,
3: pleasure. I'm
4: um, I'm sure. Could this be related to the increased Thoron emissions in the plasma field?
1: Thoron emissions? I think you'd better ask me, Benjamin.
5: Oh, there's two Jedzias now. One's sort of the real, and one's the imaginary fantasy Jadzias. So they've got at least three, you know, strange characters, I was the boy. creations really there on DS9 well the right lately,
8: now. Ben. We would have worked on some base running, except uh, he was getting hungry, and I realized I was too.
1: A hologram with an
11: appetite. Hologram? On the contrary, Major, he's quite real. They all seem to be. What the hell are they talking about, Ben?
4: You. You're not actually Buck Bokai. So, how come I'm wearing his uniform? You're a holographic image of Buck Bokai that I created so Jake and I could play ball with you.
8: But I remember. I remember all the games, all the opening days. The homer that won the 42 World Series, the squeaker that went under Eddie Newsom's glove, the day I broke DiMaggio's consecutive streak.
4: I programmed it into the computer. All of it, every statistic.
5: This guy uh, playing Buck Tokai is. Kyone Young is his name. This one
4: didn't come out of any hollow suite. But he did come out of your imagination just as Buck came out of Jake's.
3: He is imagination? Then I must have come out of your
1: imagination, Julian.
0: Ah, not necessarily.
2: Well, maybe. How could this sort of thing
1: possibly happen? A subspace disruption? Maybe some kind of dimensional shift? I didn't see an anomaly when I scanned the plasma field, but it could have been so small the sensors missed it. This is, uh. Julian, let's go to your quarters. Please. (laughs) I haven't got
2: time. Yeah, come on, Julian.
5: Oh, and he kind of. She disappeared when he said that. Is there
2: something you want to tell me?
5: I'm in no
4: mood for games, Constable. What do
2: you need? Are the environmental controls broken down? It's snowing on the promenade. Snowing? We're looking at five or six centimeters
4: down here. Bring in all available security, Odo. We're going to yellow alert. What's going on? It seems we're letting our imaginations run wild. As soon as I have an explanation, I'll give you one. This Sister has a wild. lot of
5: similarities to yellow alert? other Against Star Trek episodes. You have Shoreleave, uh, the planet Shoreleave planet got from the original series. Also, uh, where no uh, one has gone before from the field. TNG. The way fronts
0: are converging toward a single point
1: the particle density rises as you get closer to the center, but then it looks like it just drops off completely
5: you're
0: right, I'm not getting any particular readings from the core,
1: what does that mean?
5: it's always fun to have an episode Whatever where we there, get to learn more about the
4: characters through their, you, right. you know, imaginations kind of desires, things like that I want death. a full analysis chief, get a class 4 probe ready aye sir
3: is there anything I can do to help? <laughs>
2: Go ahead. <laughs> Snows disappeared, but now there's a Goonji Jackdaw running loose around here.
5: Which Just looks kind of like an ostrich, actually. Model. We're working on it. Understood.
2: Come
4: along now. Come along. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: So this strange you know, energy or whatever's going on out there is obviously creating or affecting what people can imagine becomes real. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a challenge for security.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, and all androgynous creatures, your attention, please. As you may have noticed, we're experiencing some difficulties. I'm going to have to ask you all to please... Refrain from using your imaginations. Oh, just because you don't have an imagination, don't ruin
6: it for the rest of us.
5: Now, court comes downstairs with two, two lovely guests. ladies on his arms.
6: Another clever Federation experiment has gone awry, and you've turned the whole station into one vast hollow suite.
2: The phenomenon is being investigated as we speak. Uh huh.
5: Uh huh.
6: Well, uh,. <laughs> Quark. Tell them to take their time. I haven't had a chance to show the ladies my collection of Tatarus landscapes yet.
2: I'm surprised by your attitude, Quark. Ah, uh, yes.
6: Well, you simply don't have the same appreciation for
2: art mm. as I do.
5: Yeah, but everybody's loo- or uh, winning uh, at your uh, bar Surprise here,
2: of Because every one of your customers is winning.
5: <laughs> what? What?
2: They're taking you to the poorhouse. No. No, that's impossible.
0: Let me through.
6: Lose, lose. One cross. Two cross. No. No.
2: You're outnumbered, Quark. Pardon me. Pardon me.
5: Yeah, more of them are imagining they want to win than obviously Quark wants to make them lose. So it's uh, you know doesn't really work out uh, so good for Quark in this case, except for the two lovely ladies with him. But and now we're back into. Uh, I
1: was afraid of this.
5: With Julian uh, and Dax. The
1: wormhole is amplifying the rupture. The proton counts are going through the roof. Dax to O'Brien, how are you coming with that probe, Chief?
0: I'll have the subspace scanners programmed in less than an hour.
1: Keep me informed. Dax out.
11: I have the wave intensity analysis.
1: Computer, scan all data files for comparable wave intensity patterns. Stand by.
11: Judzia. I find this difficult to say. But I want you to know, I would not Julian,
1: there's really no need to apologize. In a way, I feel as if we've invaded your privacy. We all have fantasies and dreams we keep to ourselves. Thoughts that should remain private.
4: I'm glad you understand.
1: Of course I do. I
11: was
1: a young man, once.
11: So we can put all this behind us? Of course. Good. The computer seems to be having trouble finding a match.
1: She really is submissive, isn't she? Is that how you want me to be, Julian? So submissive? I am not submissive. Am I? Uh,
4: no. Um, uh, well, I don't think so.
1: I'm just not the cold fish.
11: You are. Cold fish? Now, I, uh, never said that.
1: If you'd get down off your high horse... You'd start to appreciate, Julian. <laughs>
11: <laughs> she, she has a sense of humor, as, as I've always imagined you do.
1: I could use one about now. Come on, Lieutenant, stop denying all those yearnings you feel. Yearnings? If you don't, you'll never know what you missed. <laughs> Pattern match found.
6: This
5: is um, Just in the nick of supposedly one of uh, Terry Farrell's
1: a similar subspace rupture was Terry uh, of favorite episodes in the mid I, I may century. have to set
5: uh, my earphones down for a minute and let Kaylee out. I don't, I don't, know, out. No I don't know if you guys heard that barking, but... Uh,
1: when the rupture expanded, the system was destroyed.
5: I'm going to go check on her. You guys can continue to listen to the episode. I'll be right, right back. So, um, okay, Kaylee, let's go outside.
4: Station log. Star date 46853.2. We have launched a probe to study the subspace anomaly. Meanwhile, more than half the people aboard DS9 have reported manifestations of their imagined thoughts.
1: All probe systems are reading normal. Calibrating
0: sensors for subspace. Three minutes to coordinates.
1: Wave pattern should begin fluctuating any time now. There.
0: probe is penetrating the thoron field. Two and a
3: half minutes to coordinates. Ah, for simpler times, eh? Go away. I only want to help. You're in the way. A farmer from Derry once tried to chase me off. Until I saved his crops from locusts. Two minutes to coordinates. Foreign emissions are stable. You know what I find most intriguing about you, my good host? you're afraid
0: of me look figment I'm not afraid of anybody least of all you 90 seconds to coordinates figment
3: am I a figment of my imagination that's all and yet you can't deny how this imagination of yours empowers me can you? empowers me in a way that somehow terrifies you
0: you should be getting some primary data, Commander. They're coming in now, Chief.
5: Stand by.
3: She is your firstborn, isn't she?
5: All right, I'm back here now. Doggy's outside. Lynn's gonna get her in. So. Thirty
0: seconds to coordinates.
3: Ah, what's going on? Rumpel's unstable. still skin, probably up Probe to no good.
1: temperature dropping rapidly. Ten seconds. The probe's approaching the perimeter of the anomaly. It's strange. What is it? Negative readings on all sensors. We may be looking at some sort of folded space.
4: Let's see what the optical scanner on the probe gives us.
7: It's drawing in all the matter from the surrounding space.
1: Benjamin, it's getting larger.
4: Uh, that's not good. Be like taking a few ground balls look i tried to tell you you're on a space station in the 24th century the only ball field around is a holographic simulation it's not real and neither are you
8: oh you see i don't get it i can pinch myself and it hurts and i am here with you aren't i
4: right now you are but in a minute who knows yeah
5: cisco just grabbed the uh figured out, the baseball that, that good? sort I of so. was tossing oh, around in do, his huh? hand and well. This baseball is the one I think Cisco will hold on to to throughout, like, the rest of the series. You got room
8: on your team for a switch-hitting third baseman with good power? Good
4: power from the left side.
8: Left side? Ben! Hey! Hey, Ben! What are you talking about? I hit over 20 homers right-handed in each of my first three years in the majors.
4: And never more than 10 after that.
8: That was because old Crow moved me to second in the order.
4: I wish I had more time for this. Well... That was baseball's epitaph, wasn't it?
8: Nobody seemed to have time for us anymore. You know, I could have played five more years if they hadn't killed the game.
4: You were the best that ever played. I know. I've played with them all. I've got work to do.
8: Hey, Ben. You really meant a lot to me, how much you cared. That day we won the World Series. There were only 300 people in the stands. 301. won in my version. I heard you cheering. Meant a lot to me. I just thought you should know, you know, in case I do finally disappear.
0: Ups.
5: And he tossed uh, the we ball back to Buck at that point in this, uh, in this one in the Why episode. Why would
1: mine create a woman and then reject her? Why
3: would mine create a dwarf that could terrify him? We should abandon the whole thing. Not yet. I made a connection with mine, a curious
8: one. I sense a feeling from him, an affection for this ball player who died 200 years before
3: he was even born. And how much longer do you suggest we devote to this? As long as it takes. It ain't over till
8: it's
5: over. So Rumpelstiltskin, Buck, and the, the other Dax all there conversing together. So obviously there's something more going on here than just station
4: imaginations coming alive. The subspace alive. anomaly continues to expand. As of yet, we've been unable to find a way to contain it. As a precaution, we have diverted all incoming ships away from the station.
0: A Vulcan science mission to the Hanoli Rift detonated a pulse-wave torpedo at the coordinates of the tear.
1: Five minutes after they did, the rupture expanded radically.
0: They were wiped out, along with the entire Hanoli system.
1: What happened to the rupture after that? It's not still there. It reached a critical mass point and exploded. Yes, so these you
5: know aliens are,
1: are you know kind of working
0: on
5: trying to learn more about humans and, 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 the know, and the Federation, you know, and the people that are on base no, nine. But
0: they were only within range of the anomaly for twelve hours. They're a
5: little shy and a little reserved. The uh, they think this is a good way to learn are there about people.
4: Offered for the initial cause of the rupture?
1: Dozens, nothing confirmed, but we do know there were no wormholes and very little starship activity in the area before it formed.
0: We've looked high and low for some common ground, something to give us a fix on how to attack this thing. And frankly, sir, as funny as it sounds, we think pulse wave torpedoes may still be the best approach.
1: Wait a minute. If it didn't work very well last time, why-
0: The Vulcans were using a primitive device. In the past 200 years, we've developed far better ways of controlling the flux density.
4: We should be able to contain the internal reaction this time.
1: And if we can't, we destroy the whole Bajoran system.
4: Major. The rupture is already expanding. We have to seal it or it's going to destroy this system anyway.
1: The smaller it is, the better chance we have.
4: How long will it take to create one of these torpedoes?
0: We could have one ready by 2200
1: hours.
4: If the rift expands at all before an imploding, we have to be prepared. Root auxiliary power to shields. Major, I'd like for you to coordinate evacuation of the pylons. Odo can help you. Dismissed.
5: they haven't really thought here about here. is the what is, it is there a connection
1: you to do a security you know, sweep through the pylons. we're going
2: to
5: expanding field. Of these characters I'll get on it, on it as
2: soon as possible i've got my hands full right now clear the way get out of the corridor let them through clear the way now
5: rounding up some more uh, different uh, animals off the uh, promenade
1: cute oh. oh. offs gone. I need emergency.
4: Cisco to Kira.
5: So Kira is, uh, her... Kira, can you read me? Her imagination is, you know, something on the pylons exploding, a guy running on fire. Major Kira, report. She's afraid of something like, you know, like that happening.
1: Disregard, Commander. False alarm. You're out All personnel in lower pylon 1 report to outer ring airlock prepare for evacuation
2: the clear the way. Please stay inside. This isn't a show. Oh, no! Wait. Get out of the way. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. oh, no! oh, no! oh, no! Thank goodness. I want to report
6: two missing persons a blonde and a brunette. Can't you see I'm busy? Don't scare them. One minute they're whispering sweet nothings in my ear. The next <laughs> minute the sweet nothings are gone. Can you get off the street before.
5: And they disappeared now, these little ostrich Girls, animals that they I've were been
9: looking passing around
5: you. or trying to but uh, herd don't up. do do that to me again.
6: So, uh, Odo, uh, what have you conjured up during all this? Hmm?
2: Me? I should have guessed. Nothing at all. I've spent all my time chasing incarnations of the prophets, long-dead lovers, goonji jockdaws, blizzards... Trollops ah,
6: As I always said A man without any imagination Come along my dears I'll show you what a fertile imagination can do <laughs>
5: <sighs> Yeah so Odo Imagination <laughs> This is uh
2: the level one A nice of episode because it
5: it really we gives us a function, little bit we'll more on on all the actors minutes. and main characters here, pretty much. Let me out
6: of here! Let me out of here! Get the nacis on subspace. I want to talk to him, and I mean now.
5: So Odo not is seeing Quark locked up in, up in one of his cells.
2: How did you get in there?
6: How did I get in here? You put me in here.
2: Hmm. I guess I did, didn't I
6: <laughs> eh.
2: <laughs> No imagination indeed.
5: <laughs> and now we're back uh, in another section. We're at um, Cisco's quarters with Jake.
8: Heads up, Jake. So what are you doing here?
3: I I can't go. I've got homework to do.
8: But you'd rather be at the ballpark.
3: You don't understand. If I go to the Hall suite without finishing my homework, my dad will kill me. Kill you? Yeah.
8: You really believe he'd kill you?
3: I know he would.
8: Well, if that's true, why are you still thinking about going?
3: Trying not to. But
8: you're wondering if you can get away with it,
5: aren't you? Yeah, 'cause that's what kids well, do. Come on. Uh,
3: uh, I couldn't understand the directions. Uh, the computer accidentally erased the instruction page.
4: You really expect me to believe
3: that? No, I guess not.
5: So there was a quick flash of like I a, a, a fake go. Cisco there for a minute with Jake. It's kind of funny to see Sirach Lofton, you know, plays Jake in when he's so young. <laughs> you know, 7 years later he's a he's a big guy, big tall. I need to
1: see you Benjamin. Guy
5: and man at that point and then he starts out as about a What do you is have? Probably about
1: in the last hour alone 12, the ruptures expanded 27% 13 there
4: maybe. The rate of expansion like is increasing. Can we gain any time by moving the station?
1: If the rift collapses, The implosion would overtake us almost immediately.
4: How soon can you be ready,
0: Chief? I'm installing pulse wave devices in the torpedoes now, Commander. Six, seven
4: minutes.
1: The roof's gotten large enough to pick up on visual scanners.
4: On screen. Magnify.
5: Yeah, so there's this big sort of almost like storm or cloud in space that's sucking everything into it uh, that they're showing on the screen, and all the uh, different uh, Rumpelstiltskin and Buck—they're all kind of sort of watching over how all the different uh, people in the Ops, you know, are reacting to this. They seem to be ignoring the the, these fantasy characters, so you know, more, you know, paying attention to the real danger out there.
1: All pylons are secured. Everyone's been moved to the habitat ring for the time being. You're worried.
4: You bet I am. If this doesn't work, nothing real or imagined is going to survive.
9: Hold me.
0: Torpedo's ready. Status of shields.
1: All available power's been transferred. Reading shield strength at 158% above normal.
4: Let's hope it's enough. Red alert. Fire! All
0: systems functioning properly. Torpedo guidance is on nominal track.
1: 30 seconds to coordinates.
0: Impulse sustainer throttling down. Arming pulse wave initiator.
1: Torpedo hold temperature dropping. Activating
0: pulse waves. Compression level at 1,400 and rising.
1: 20 seconds.
0: Compression at 2,900. 3,000.
1: Terminal targeting spread confirmed.
0: 3,500. Holding compression.
1: 10 seconds.
4: Ready to detonate. Ready, sir.
1: 5 seconds.
4: Now...
0: wave intensity from the rift is dropping the thoron field boundary is shrinking particle energy is rising wait a minute what's this
1: wave emissions are fluctuating we're not getting a controlled collapse
0: chief damn it we're picking up an exothermic reaction pattern it may be neutralizing the pulse waves stand by
1: perimeter sensors are picking up a subspace oscillation the hell does that mean proton counts have tripled
0: Residual pulse wave activity from our torpedoes is down to fourteen percent. Flux density readings inside the rupture are
5: off the scale. Doesn't sound good to me. Sounds like it's gotten worse.
2: (laughs) Order to ops.
1: Circuits are down. Try to reroute pathways. Life support is normal.
0: Shields? The generator's down. Section four is exposed.
1: Oh to ops. There we go.
4: Constable, check for casualties. Have your deputies move everybody out of section four. We have shield damage. Acknowledged. What are we getting from the rift?
1: The sensors aren't operating.
4: Stand by, sir. I can't feel my head. Lie still, lie still. There's an emergency medical kit in the cabinet there. Get it?
1: I'm sorry.
5: So the uh, sort of uh, fake Jedzia here is heard on the ground.
1: I never meant to bother you. No, no. You didn't bother me. I can't keep my eyes open.
0: Don't close your eyes. I want you awake. You have a nasty concussion.
1: I can't help it.
0: Dax.
4: Dax. Sensors are back online.
1: The rupture is continuing to widen,
4: 340 times larger than before. Is it showing any signs of collapsing?
1: Wave emissions from the rift are still fluctuating. I can't make any sense out of these readings. Proton counts are lower than before. And now they're beginning to rise again.
0: The pulse waves from our torpedoes have been completely neutralized. It's just a matter of time before the rift starts expanding again. How
4: much time? Minutes. Suggestions? Uh, maybe run away?
3: Run out of ideas, friend?
4: Get
5: on the, uh, you know, runabouts I have a suggestion. and get out?
3: Maybe I can help. You! You created me with powers beyond those of mortal men. And I would be more than happy to use them to assist you. For a price. I've always wanted a daughter.
5: He zaps, um,
1: Primitive sensors are picking up subspace oscillations Molly again. And You're up telling to me you can
5: ups. seal that
3: rupture out there? I can spin straw into gold, my friend. This seems no more difficult.
0: Well do it, damn
3: it! Will you meet my price?
0: This is crazy. You're out of a storybook,
3: a fairy tale. Are you willing to give her up to save so many others?
4: No. He doesn't have to. Dax, when did our sensors first pick up traces of the rupture?
1: You were there, Benjamin, when we were first trying to figure this whole thing out.
4: And if I remember correctly, you said that your previous scans hadn't picked up any anomalies at all. Yeah, they're figuring it whatever out, finally. I out
1: there was too small for the scanners to identify.
4: So you imagined that we had a subspace rupture, and that's exactly what it turned out to be.
1: That is what I imagined.
4: And once you learned about the rift that destroyed the Hanoli system We all imagined that we might have another just like it Mr. O'Brien, drop the shields Sir? There is no rupture, there is no threat to this station or this system End red alert and drop the shields Aye, sir And believe it, Mr. O'Brien It's important that you believe it Aye, sir are your sensors picking up any magnetic shockwaves, Major?
1: Yes, sir. Permitted reading still shows. No
4: shock waves at all. None at all. Lieutenant, proton counts.
1: Normal.
5: Yeah, so everyone vanished. Uh, it's the gone. creations and the rift vanished too. You're going to be fine.
1: Of course I am. I have the best doctor in the galaxy.
5: And now she'd vanished to the other Dax. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin's None gone. this makes any sense. Buck's gone.
1: I mean, why did they appear in the first place? It might still be related to the elevated Thorin emissions in the plasma field. The readings still haven't returned to normal.
4: Continue your analysis, Dax. But this time, no speculations. Just... Bats.
1: Yes, Benjamin.
4: Major, keep us on yellow alert for the next 26 hours till we see that everything is back to normal. Chief, take your There's a little own. trivia thing. A
5: That's Bajor has a 26-hour day, which is what Deep Space Nine operates under. I think so. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, fun Trek trivia next time you're in a contest. For some reason, I thought it was 28, but I know it was. I knew it was more than 24. So Cisco knows, you know, he's kind of figured it out, and then he goes into his office here and uh, and just uh, is kind of relaxing. And uh...
8: this imagination of yours is a tough concept for us to get a handle on, Ben.
4: You're not simply a figment of my imagination, are you?
8: We're on an extended mission exploring the galaxy while back, we followed one of your ships through that hole in space out there. We've been watching you, trying to figure out the rules of your game. Why didn't you just talk to us like this? Well, we've learned that you can never tell how someone will treat the visiting team. I understand.
4: That's what this has been all about, learning to understand. Was it really necessary to put the whole station in jeopardy? Oh, but we didn't, Ben. It was you. It was your imaginations
8: that created everything. We were just watching to see where it took you. Ah, this imagination of yours. We have never seen anything like it. It's very real to all of you, but yet it's not. At first it seemed to us to be a curse, an irritation. That fellow even called it a waste of time.
4: I disagree with him. I knew you would.
8: I learned that about you that you could have such an affection for someone you never even met. I wonder if you appreciate how unique that imagination of yours really is.
4: Not always. We gotta go. But you haven't told us anything about your species. I'd like to,
8: maybe next
5: year.
4: And Buck tosses
5: him his uh, baseball and then leaves. And that's the baseball we see on Cisco's desk throughout all the seasons of DS9. From these aliens that we're studying, our imaginations, which uh, sometimes can run away with you a little bit. So that's it. That's the episode. If wishes were horses. I think it's a really fun episode. I like this idea. And uh, I think they pulled it off pretty well. I like seeing in, in there. Early years and early seasons, where you get to learn a little bit about the characters and Cisco's love for baseball and and Julian's love for Dax, which eventually changes, of course, over time. And you know, you've got the Stilson character, you know, out of uh, the story that Miles was reading. Molly, it's just a fun little story, nothing heavy. And uh, I just, uh, I think it was a good one to cover. So. That's uh, it for If Wishes Were Horses, except we've got a uh, comment, I think from Joe from Billy Bob on the Forum, about this episode, and I'm going to play that for you next.
12: Hey Rico, hey Trex and Sci-Fi, Joe from Toronto here, Billy Bob 476 on the Forums, and uh, I just wanted to drop some comments about the DS9 episode, If Wishes Were Horses. Before I rewatched it, I, I really had very few specific memories of this episode. I really just remembered Brumple Stiltskin and, you know, obviously the station being in some form of danger, but overall, meh, not a great episode. After rewatching it, I was proven completely wrong. This is a great DS9 episode. Uh, what I hadn't remembered was that more than the silly characters, uh, this episode was really about the power of human imagination and the fact that you know, we can create these false realities within our minds that can greatly affect our perception of the world around us. You know, I'm sure we've done this many, many times in in real life, in our everyday lives. Uh, You know, maybe with relationships, assuming that, you know, someone maybe doesn't like us, you know, and instead of actually finding out that whether that's the case or not, we just, you know, create inferences and assumptions, and whatever, and kind of create this potential falsehood, which, you know, directly affects our interactions with the person, or the way we act around them, or the way we talk about them, and, you know, it's 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 usually never a good thing. And uh, I think they illustrated that kind of scenario very literally and very well in this episode, where, you know, they kind of decided, oh, you know, something has to be wrong, and maybe I missed something, so boom, oops, something was there, and oh, no, maybe it's this anomaly, oh, hey, it's that anomaly, great, perfect, it's, you know, you create this, this false reality and in the episode that, you know, to the point where it put the the crew and the whole station and potentially the whole Bajoran system in, in mortal danger. I think, you know, it's obviously an extreme illustration of the phenomenon, but uh, I think we can all relate to it very, very well. So anyways, great episode, great, you know, dramatic A story and fun little B stories with, you know, uh, Odo chasing around the emu things and Quark with his uh, two lovely ladies and and, you know, crazy, love-struck Jadzia and Bashir and, you know, so all that. I mean, it was a great episode overall, so uh, glad that I got to rewatch it and that I was pleasantly surprised. So thanks a lot, Rico, and I hope to talk to everyone again soon.
5: Thanks, Joe. Thanks for your comments. (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, it it is a great study on imagination, you know, that people have, and I, I think, you know, sometimes the imagination can run away with you, but, you know, just think of all the, you know, the cool things in the in the world you know so much of the world is built by people imagining something and then building it and then making it and people who do art and write books and make movies and, and television and all the a lot of this you know the geeky type things that, that we enjoy so much star trek is all about you know imagination and star wars and and so many other things that we enjoy uh, and i and i think uh you know there was a. Uh, there was a quote from the episode "Surely" in the original series that I always think about uh, quite often and, and always go back to. And uh, Spock says something like, uh, "The greater the intellect, the more the need for the simplicity of play." In other words, you know, you can't just you know work, 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 work. You have to sort of let your mind relax and and have a little fun sometimes. And I and I always kind of noticed that. I seem to come up with ideas for, for certain things and, and, and maybe even to solve certain problems, whether they be at work or outside of that. Uh, but also a lot of times when I'm just kind of out there just, you know, relaxing, uh, you know, working around the house or, or, or just going out and seeing a movie. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great episode. And uh, this, I think, is a good example of how strong Deep Space Nine was uh, just from the get-go. Uh, you know, as compared to maybe some of the other series that had a little bit of a, a, a shakier start. So anyway, uh, thanks for your comments, Joe. We've got another listener comment this week with a guest, a prop review. We have Brian, who may or may not be wearing a shirt while he recorded this audio comment about his latest prop acquisition. So Brian's going to gonna tell you all about that here next on Treks and Sci-Fi.
10: Rico, my brother. How are you, my man? It's Brian. I just wanted to send in to you a, yet another, prop review, my sickness continues and uh, I now have a new acquisition that I posted up this week on the forum, so today I'm going to be reviewing a fan-made PVC and resin Blastech E11 Stormtrooper blaster prop replica. Um, this is a replica that Master Replicas did a really nice uh, full resin version of. I'm not sure if you actually have, the, have that one, Rico, but uh, it was a very, very nice piece. I never ordered it. It was pretty pricey. I think it was four, $300 $400 at least, maybe $400. Um, and I've always loved the, uh, the Stormtrooper Trooper blaster design, and it's such an iconic weapon from the original trilogy. Um, I did at one point, way back when, have a full resin fan-made version that uh, was very cool, it was very heavy. It was a little fragile. The resin pieces actually were, were pretty fragile, and I, I built it up from a kit. Um, and it was a fun build-up, but uh, it, uh, it got sacrificed to the eBay gods when I moved to Arizona. So, haven't had one for a while, and decided now would be a good time to bring one back into the collection. So, for the uninitiated, the the Blastic E11, the, the iconic blaster that you see all of the stormtroopers using in A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, was based on a real-world weapon, a British Sterling submachine gun, uh, which is a handheld uh, submachine gun pistol with a folding stock that could be folded out to act as a rifle stock for better aiming. Um, it has a, it, the, the, real, the real weapon has a very long banana clip uh, that holds the ammunition that comes off of the sides. Um, and it's a pretty, it's just basically a cylinder with some holes in the front to keep the barrel cool and the banana stock coming off the side, or the, excuse me, the banana, banana clip coming off the side and the folding stock underneath. Um, what Lucas's uh, prop team did in dressing this for A New Hope is they basically cut the banana clip down to a more reasonable size. They added a scope on top that is um, very similar to the scope that was on later on um, Han Solo's uh, gun from uh, Empire Strikes Back. I can't remember where they where that It was a found item. It's a real scope. I just don't remember where they where they found it. Something called a, a Hengstler counter which was sort of bolted onto the side um, I believe it's a I believe it's a computer piece It's or it's a it's a component from an old uh, analog computer or machine of some kind that that has a little counter in it and some little odds and ends some little cylinders and stuff that they attach to the top of the of the ammo clip but just basically to sort of hide the the, the clear you know the obvious shape of the gun to make it a little bit more sci-fi looking um, one of the things that they did in the front which is kind of you know, most people would recognize is that instead of seeing all the holes for the cooling of the uh, barrel, they stuck in what looks like basically rubber T-track. And there's an interesting story about the the T-track that is in the barrel of of all the Stormtrooper props that were used on A New Hope, because it's actually the same stuff that they used for the handle of Luke's uh, lightsaber. Um, And for many, many years, it was assumed that they were rubber and that they were the... Windshield wipers from a Mini Cooper, um, and after a lot of research, that theory actually was sort of debunked a number of years ago over on the replica prop forum. And it turns out that they believe the uh, the T track was actually metal, and it was metal from a uh, a cabinet fixture. Um, I guess part of the closure the closure feature of a cabinet in England at the t- back in the seventies. I'm not sure, but. Uh, it was decided at the end of the day that Luke's lightsaber as well as the stormtrooper blasters didn't even have, didn't have rubber. They had metal T-track uh, at the front. Um, so it was kind of interesting. Um, and like I said, this is, uh, this is simply a replica. To get a real sterling modified uh, E-11 blaster, it's pretty expensive. You're talking probably six, seven hundred dollars at least uh, to get that for a non-firing one. And they've become pretty scarce. Like I said, this one is mostly re- uh, resin parts, but but uh, but pretty sturdy and solid. Um, and uh, the center part is actually a PVC pipe uh, that's just made to look like the Sterling uh, submachine gun. So it's a very neat, neat prop. The, the stock does not fold out. It's non-functional. Um, and I know that uh, after A New Hope, uh, the there were some small changes made to the uh, E-11. Um, it was... Basically, uh, I believe they, they changed the scope. They put a different scope on, um, took off some of the, the, the counter on the side. They changed the front end of the barrel a little bit. And obviously, for for purposes of cost and, and ease and uh, uh, to make them not so uh, basically, not so difficult to find real sterlings, they just made resin castings of all of them, and those are the ones you see mostly in an Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi because they needed so many for the... Uh, for the stormtroopers, especially in *Return of the Jedi*, on the uh, in the Endor bunker scene. So anyway, it's a um, it's a very very cool uh, replica. Um, it didn't cost a lot; it was less than 200 bucks, um, and it's very well made and uh, very accurate looking. So I'm very happy with the purchase. I even got a very cool stand so I could display it, and uh, well, well, hopefully one day be my prop room, but uh, continues to be my sad little closet. Anyway, man, uh, that's it. Hope you're doing well, and uh, may the force be with you, my brother. Take care. Bye.
5: Well, thank you, Brian, for your review of the E11. Yeah, that's a great item. Uh, yeah, I do have the Master Replicas version of that piece. Uh, I bought it when it came out. Uh, it's sitting over on the shelf here. I just put actually a picture of it up and a couple other props up on Instagram. Uh, we took a little quick shot. Not a great one. I've got, if anybody wants to see uh, the props that I've got, I don't talk about this a lot, but if you just go to the main treksinscifi.com website, there is a link there for I don't know if it's. I think it says images, and then there's a, a collectible uh, gallery. I think I call it, but you can see what I've got. Uh, it's. I've got to get back to updating that. I've got some newer things that I haven't put on there, but it's got the bulk of my collection. Uh, pictures of various lightsabers and phasers, and a lot of master replicas, items, statues, and some other things from various TV movies, uh, comic books, all kinds of fun stuff. So. Check that out when you get a chance. But, yeah, it, it sounds like you got a great piece there, uh, Brian. I know they've got, you know, oodles of different versions of those around, either from guys on the prop forum doing them, you know, combinations of resin and metal or or just all resin or more metal. And, yeah, the uh, I always thought the coolest thing about Star Wars, and I think one of the things that lended it to make it sort of feel kind of real in, in a way, even though it was sort of a space fantasy, was the fact that they used so many, You know, real uh, types of items in in the making of their different uh, uh, props and 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 items that you see in the movies. Of course, there's the classic uh, grayflex, you know, uh, old flash uh, handle uh, from old style cameras that they used for Luke's lightsaber, and then you know, like I said, the Sterling gun. There, a lot, a lot of. sort of real-life guns were used in a lot of the, uh, you know, the same thing for Han's blaster. Uh, You know, it was uh, all that, I think, that added, you know, they added little extra little doodads and greebles and things like that to the items. But it's what made, um, I think, what made that movie feel kind of down to earth, uh, even though Earth isn't in there, of course. I still remember the first time I saw Star Wars, uh, the very first time I even saw it, uh, the first movie, that I kept trying to figure out, okay, where's Earth? Where's Earth? Where's Earth? What's going on? I don't I don't understand, you know. And then when they got to Alderaan and they show that little scene when they destroy Alderaan, you know, uh, with Princess Leia there looking out over it, uh, and it sort of looks a little Earth-like. You know, it's the closest to a sort of a, a typical blue planet. Uh, and I said, oh, is that Earth? <laughs> uh, just, uh, just how I thought of things back then, I guess, but... Oh, speaking of Star Wars type stuff, though the uh, hunt around on YouTube, and I've posted this on. I, I think Brian posted it, and we, we've had some previous clips posted, but there are some uh, little clips out uh, from the upcoming Star Wars Blu-rays with some of the deleted scenes from the various movies, showing uh, you know Luke building his lightsaber and Return of the Jedi and the Wampa attack and Empire Strikes Back, and also the sand, the sand uh, storm that happens in the near the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Lots of cool little bits of things. Some stuff from A New Hope that will be uh, these deleted scenes will end up on the uh, Blu-rays coming out. Uh, I guess it's uh, mid-end of September. I think is when it is. Not too long now. About a m- just about two months away till we'll have uh, Blu-rays of all the Star Wars movies finally in our hot little hands to uh, to enjoy and watch. So uh, that. Uh I think that's about going to do it for this week's edition of Trucks and Sci-Fi. I need to get out of here. Actually, later on today, uh, Lynn and I are going out and looking at uh, something real exciting. We're going to go drive by people's homes and look at the roofing that they've got on their uh, on the top of their houses because we're getting ready to put a new roof on and we want to kind of pick the shingle color. So that's pretty exciting stuff, right? <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to have a guest cast next week. Next week, Darmok is going to be sitting in the center seat of Treks and Sci-Fi and and talking about something a little different. I know he wants some audio from you guys, sort of a a little bit about what you think of as sci-fi or what got you into it. Uh, You know, he wants some audio from all of you uh, on that subject. So I know he's posted something up on the forums about that. And I actually will end this week's episode Uh, with a little bit of a shout-out from him telling you a little bit more about his show and how you can help and add some audio for his special podcast coming up next week on Treks and Sci-Fi. And I will uh, need to update the schedule for beyond that. I haven't really done August yet, so that'll be coming up soon. I'll be posting that probably in the next week or less, the next few days, probably on the forum and on the main website. So until then, everyone, have a great time out there at the summer movies. Go see Cap. You definitely got to see that. See Harry Potter if you haven't yet and anything else. So next week, we've got Cowboys and Aliens, which looks a lot of fun with Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford, Olivia Wilde. That movie looks like a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So, uh, And then in August, we've got a few others. We've got Conan. We've got uh, the new Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes movie. And I'm sure a couple others that I'm forgetting right now. But uh, take care, everyone. I will talk to you again in about two weeks on Treks in Sci-Fi. And here's Darmok with uh, a little bit of, a, uh, uh, like I said, a shout-out for what he needs for next week. Take care. Bye-bye.
7: Hi, this is Darmok from the Treks in Sci-Fi Forum. I'm going to be guest hosting Treks in Sci-Fi this July 31st, where you, the listener, get to recount your most significant sci-fi moments, a sort of sci-fi jam. It could be a scene from a movie or a line from a TV show. It might be a song, soundtrack, or sound effect. Whatever your sci-fi moments are, share them with us. You can contact me, Darmok, on the and Sci-Fi Forum or at pootiglitz at gmail.com. That's P-O-O-D-Y-G-L-I-T-Z at gmail.com. Be sure to contact me before you record for full details. Looking forward to hearing from you. It's going to be more fun than a grain compartment of tribbles. Now back to you, Rico.
11: You have been listening to
7: in Sci-Fi. Freak- 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 For more
6: information, visit TrekSinsideLive.com. Write to Rico today at TrekSF at gmail.com.
4: That's TrekSF at gmail.com. Set the course for Earth. Maximum warp. Copyright 2011. All rights reserved. I'm Captain Kirk.
1: That is before you spray something. Your weekly dose of geeky goodness and energy. To the news.
8: This mission would have failed without your help.
4: I won't be speaking. To hold podcast where no one has podcasted before. Captain Cardassian is yet. And with, we're not done with the Cardassians yet. i with the strategic importance of that world. Thanks for joining us for
12: Treks in Sci-Fi.
2: Treks in
12: Sci-Fi.